0: Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Ahmed Meon. Today I'm joined by Connor.
1: What's up, gamers?
0: And Mike. Hello. And uh, just a few short hours ago, we had a technical deep dive into the PlayStation 5 specs. So they've kind of laid out their core specs on the table, and now we can really compare them with Microsoft specs. And
1: They're guys, first
0: impressions.
1: They're not as ah. good as the Xbox. On cost. any anywhere except the SSD. They're just not as good.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's too much of a surprise. At least to me. Uh, when Xbox announced their specs, I was shocked. And uh, really I was mean, floored by how high the specs were. And uh, I
1: just want to take a step back and say, like... Microsoft, yeah, all they've really announced is specs so far, too. But, like... I don't know what it is, but something about the way Microsoft is doing it doesn't make me totally not interested anymore. Like, I, I think it's where Microsoft didn't give me an hour-long video that could have been summed up in a paragraph of an email. Like,
0: So, just- I I definitely think you're on to something here. So, I think the major problem with Sony right now, versus how they, you know, reveal the PlayStation 4, is just their messaging. Right. So they put out a tweet yesterday saying, uh, you know, tune in for a deep dive with Mark Cerny, the architect, lead architect of the PS5, into how the PS5 will shape the future of gaming or something to that effect. And this blew up on Twitter and social media and generated so much hype around this, which clearly now we see was unwarranted.
1: Yeah, I mean, all, all all hype I had... And I didn't have a ton for the PS5, but it's just gone. I just don't care anymore. Like, I'm going to ignore tweets that have PS5 in them now. Like, I just...
0: It's See, so Connor, but here's the thing. When they do their major reveal and show their launch lineup, everyone's going to be singing a different tune again.
1: Their launch lineup is not going to be good. Their launch lineup has never been good.
0: <laughs> See, I think... I think with the advent of the Nintendo Switch, just showing how massive a good launch lineup can set you uh, like, just how it could set you up for success. I feel like companies have to take that into account now. I feel like I mean, the days I, I of having a weak launch lineup are kind of gone.
1: They're going to have, like, The Last of Us 2, and that's going to be on PS4. Like, I just don't...
0: Well, we have the Bluepoint game we've talked about before, the likely Demon Souls remake.
1: Yeah. Ah, if that's PS5 exclusive, I'll, I'll just have to miss that one, probably.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be PS5 exclusive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to take a little bit of a closer look at the specs, in terms of GPU, uh, they've got 10.28 teraflops, 36 CUs at 2.23 gigahertz, and they made sure to tout their variable frequency. And, right. Um,
1: and they they also made a point to mention that um. Teraflops isn't all that matters. I mean, obviously, you know, if you know GPUs, you know that. But like, for the layman, ba- basically, a, a teraflop is a calculation that comes from like number of cores and f- the frequency those cores are running at. And it's worth noting that the PS5 has fewer cores running at a higher frequency, which Mark Cerny claims is
0: going compared to, it to be, Xbox.
1: Ad- yeah, yeah, is going to be advantageous even compared to the PS4. Yeah. It's fewer cores running at a higher frequency, which could be advantageous, and that might close the gap a little bit hardware-wise between yeah. the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. But it's also worth noting the Xbox Series X is boasting was it 12 or 13?
0: Uh, 12 12 teraflops.
1: Okay, yeah, and you know numerically that's just better. You know,
0: 52 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz
1: whereas the the PS5 is like 36 CUs,
0: I think. At 2.2 gigahertz, yeah.
1: Right. And so it, it's hard to say right off the bat how big of a difference that makes. I mean, I can tell you Naughty Dog is going to make some gorgeous games on this thing. Yeah. It's probably going to blow everything Xbox has out of the water. And what, uh, I,
0: I other think other Gorilla, that, I Gorilla Games as well with Horizon. They, I think they've achieved a sort of visual benchmark. Horizon looks good.
1: I wouldn't say Horizon looked better than anything Xbox has, but I will say it's a gorgeous
0: mm, game. I'm sorry, but I would say that. I think Horizon looks significantly better See, than any Xbox.
1: I mean, it's better than any exclusives, but it's not better than some of the third parties, I don't think. Like, I wouldn't say that Horizon looks better than, like, Battlefield Five.
0: Hmm. Okay, we'll just agree to disagree there.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, in terms of CPU, well, comparing the two consoles, they're, they're the pretty much the same, yeah. And memory, pretty much the same, 16 gigs of RAM, GDDR, 6 RAM. Um, Memory bandwidth, PS5's, 448 gigabytes per second. And Xbox is kind of weird. They have, like, 10 gigs of their RAM at 560 gigabytes per second and 6 gigs at 336 gigabytes per second. So it's kind of divided.
1: Right. And I I don't think that's going to end up... That's not going to make or break a console. Like, I don't think... I don't think the end user is really going to see that very much. That's just going to affect how difficult it is to develop for, potentially. Excuse me. Yeah.
0: And I think the final specification of note is the internal storage. Microsoft has one terabyte of a custom NVMe SSD. And Sony has a custom 825 gigabyte
1: SSD. And uh, he, he talked about that SSD for like 30 minutes
0: to Yeah, that was one of the two major points of that talk, which is and really say, interesting.
1: I the think the SSD is important. I think having the SSD, having those lightning fast load times, that's super significant. Like that, you know, I have an SSD in my PC and it was a game changer.
0: And just to put a number on it, the number he threw out was 5.5 gigabytes per second raw data and then 8 to 9 gigabytes per second for compressed data. That's obscene. That's And even more importantly, he's
1: saying it's it's a hundred times faster than the PS4. Yeah. Which is well, the, a number that's going to make sense to gamers, I think, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, it, I'm going to play... I just, I'm going to explain why this doesn't excite me. Okay. The difference between this and the PS4 is gigantic.
2: Oh, absolutely. The difference
1: between this and any other SSD, it's there, but it's not going to make my decision on buying a console. It's absolutely not going to affect the way games are developed. I think he's out of his mind if he thinks that Mm. the difference between their SSD and everyone else's SSD, it doesn't matter. They're they're all lightning fast. They all have most of the advantages he listed. The only thing that their custom solution had was uh, priorities and the built-in decryption, which is significant, but it's not... It's not going to decide whether or not I buy a console. It's certainly not. I think that would be insane.
0: I think we will see some very creative stuff come out because of this SSD. But again, that's that's it's years, because it's an years SSD. down the line.
1: It's not be- yeah, like because it's an SSD that changes the way you can develop games. Like the things he mentioned, yeah. like the way you can stream in an open world now, the way you don't have to repeat um, the repeat assets all over. But that's true of any SSD.
0: You're right, but but this is better than any SSD on the market right now, I think.
1: Yes, he did say that it's better. He also said it's not going to be better by the end of the year.
0: Oh, well, yeah. These but, things progress yeah. so quickly. But just I, I, comparing I, it to... Sorry, go ahead.
1: I, I agree that like it's an amazing thing, and it's going to change the way games are made. But there is nothing he said today that convinced me that a game that will be made for the PS5 could not be made for the Xbox or for the PC, as long as there's a solid state.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that will impact the way games are made is the CPU, which, you know, the Xbox One has as well. But just comparing the SSD to Microsoft's SSD, they had 2.4 gigabytes per second raw. Uh, i o throughput and 4.8 gigabytes compressed so ostensibly the playstation 5 is twice as fast over twice as fast
1: yeah and that Um, matters but like at at some point like being when we're talking about the playstation is twice as fast as the xbox one right Or, or the xbox series x yeah. But that means that even the Xbox Series X is 50 times faster than the PS4 and 50 times faster than yeah. the Xbox One. Like,
0: Yeah, at a that, certain that point, next, these numbers don't really mean anything.
1: Yeah, that next doubling, because yeah. it's not really... When you say it's double, that's huge, but you're not doubling something. You're cutting it at half, because we're not talking about speed. We're talking about time here is what the yeah. end user is actually going to see. And, and when, you cut, when you cut a second in half to half a second, it doesn't...
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at. We're already getting into, like, sub-second measurements.
1: Yeah, so I just, I think it's awesome that games are going to load faster on the PS5 than the Xbox, but that's not, I mean, the difference between a, a second and two seconds, even, like, if, if they have to have a two-second corridor, you know, that's still a significant change from, like, these 30-second weird hallways you have to crawl through like the problem is solved on both ends it's just solved better on the ps5 maybe
2: so <laughs> ps5's uh ssd going into a little detail of that because i've been googling in the background it's 5.5 gigabytes transfer speed which is faster than this ssd i found for like 200 dollars which is also the same slot and i found like maybe one or two nvme uh 4.0s
1: Right, they are on the cutting edge of technology. Yeah, they, were, they were talking about how they're not going to be able to support any of the SSDs on the market right now. This is a right.
2: $200 SSD, and it's still not fast enough for the PS5 specs.
0: So just, right. just for further clarification, you will be able to supply your own custom SSD as a form of like expanded storage, but they said the, uh, the PlayStation 5 team will have to vet third-party ssds to ensure that they're compatible with the playstation 5
2: yeah they need at least a 5.5 gigabytes transfer speed which, which isn't even on it, the market yet
1: it sounds a lot like the old playstation vita problem to me especially with games and i know we you and i disagreed about this earlier Ahmed, but yeah i think triple a games are going to be 100 gigabytes minimum next gen like like, you're not going to get an Uncharted for less than 100 gigabytes to, that's yeah. going on.
0: I mean, More. yeah, next-gen, certainly. I think where we disagreed was current-gen. Like, I only have, like, three or four games on my PlayStation 4 out of, like, the 100, 200-plus games I have downloaded that are 100-plus gigs.
1: Right, but what my argument is that, like, <clears throat> you know, you and I both buy quite a few AAA games, and I think that going into next-gen, if I've only got 825 gigs to work with, that's like five games, probably next gen. That Would, would yeah. be my estimate, and not including like indies that are obviously not that way. But,
0: but uh, just just floating this out there as someone who's not too familiar with the topic, with the inclusion of these SSDs now, do you think developers could maybe more, you know, have less repeating assets in their memory and
1: right? I ultimately think
0: result in smaller
1: uh, download I sizes think that's for these true. games. But Mark Cerny didn't seem to think that because he he already he didn't say that he was countering this argument but he did lightly mention it. He said that he was reducing the friction of deleting and installing games. Mhm. And I don't yeah. want that it seems to I live in West Virginia and that friction's not going away. Like yeah. you know, my Yeah, that definitely
0: MSD. seems to imply that like, hey, with this SSD we expect you to delete games gonna, once yeah. you're done with them and download games you want and it should ideally be very quick
1: and i'm not somebody who's comfortable having my my five games installed at a time now what mark cerny didn't say but but they could do to solve this problem is let me have an external hard drive and keep my games on there and load them onto the ssd when i want to play them so that i'm not forced to worry about my internet speed I, uh, I, I don't believe he mentioned that, but I think if he did, he that would did. mitigate it
0: a lot. I'm pretty sure he said you could have an external uh, hard disk drive, even, to store your games. So, so for like your, I think, um, did you guys have a chance to look at that Eurogamer article I posted? I did not. So uh, the guys over at Digital Foundry actually had access to these, this presentation a few days ago. So they wrote up a nice lengthy write-up. And posted it alongside the video when it posted. And in it, uh, Richard goes into detail about the you know SSD solution and mentions that hey, uh, with their backwards compatibility initiative, you'll be you should the ideal setup is to have your PS4 games downloaded onto a hard disk drive externally, saving your super awesome custom SSD for the PS5 titles. So I think yeah, my it question will support, there is yeah
1: can we store the PS5 titles on that hard drive and just not run them off of it? Because that's that's really just an OS issue. And really, they could solve that down the line at any point. Yeah. So I feel like it's likely that'll be there. And I hope that's the same case for the Xbox, because even a terabyte, which is what the Xbox is shipping with...
0: Well, know, the I'd Xbox, be- I think the only expansion they're allowing is proprietary memory.
1: Yeah, it is. Although, I did see... Um, and I'm not 100% certain this is the case, but knowing Microsoft, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a proprietary format, but allow other developers to meet that spec, much mm-hmm. like um, they did with like the Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Like I saw, I saw it said Seagate uh, next to the Xbox logo on the memory cards that they showed. So interesting. I uh, I might be reading too much into that. I'm really not certain. Seagate just could be the manufacturer they're going with, but. Right, yes, I, I do, but you can also plug an external hard drive into the Xbox Series X for use with backwards compatible games. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, uh, speaking of backwards compatibility, uh, the ps mentioned doesn't yeah. really have it. it. No PS3, no PS2, no PS1.
0: Uh, yeah, so far they've only announced PS4. Though I will say, did you notice that image they flashed up when they... Uh, did the show like the PS5 and PS4 compatibility? There was totally a a slot where PS3, 2, and 1 should have been. I was just like, oh god, that's such a tease.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not. I don't think that was a tease. I don't think.
0: I don't think they'll do it either. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I know they're supporting. I think PS4 and up. I think for future PlayStation generations, like we're at the point now where like not having backwards compatibility is silly because people have so many digital games now and, you know, all these services are giving away games for free. It'd be silly not to have those games going forward.
1: Also, yeah. you, you've read more about this than me, but th- there was some confusion I saw online about whether or not it would even be backwards compatible with all PS4 games. I yeah. saw, you know, it he always, said it would yes, be compatible with at least be. the top 100. It will be?
0: Yes, it will be. So what he said was... um, It... The compatibility will be there, but they have to test games on a game by game basis to make sure it's optimized because uh, some PS4 games will just. The, the PS5 is too fast for them and mm. they won't run properly. So they're testing the. At, at this point, they've tested the top 100 most popular games and optimized most of them. But they said, you know, like 100%, like day one, 100% of the games won't work right out of the box. But like. As the testing team, you know, goes and evaluates the games, eventually everything will be pl- playable.
1: So much like how Xbox has done yeah, it. Yeah, pretty was.
0: much like how Xbox did it.
1: See, I don't love that, but I uh, I also don't have a massive catalog of PS4 games, so I'm not going to sit here and rant about it, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I can say this. The Game Boy catalog was gigantic, and anecdotally... Nintendo tested every single Game Boy game in the Game Boy Advance before they released it. That's crazy. Every single game in the catalog. Yeah,
2: and that wasn't even like a massive hardware improvement.
1: No, but it was a massive catalog. I mean, the Game Boy had one of the biggest catalogs in gaming ever. Mm-hmm. Everybody was making stuff for that thing.
0: Well, you know, at the time, like, it was the only handheld console. It was revolutionary. No,
1: Nah, really? It was it was the worst one on the market. The Atari Lynx was better. The Sega Game Gear was better.
0: Okay, clearly you know more about this than me.
1: Oh yeah, no, the Game Boy was <laughs> the worst on the market, but it had the best games, pretty much was the thing. Which you know is probably what's going to be, you know, the PS5 is going to be the weaker console. I, honestly, I
0: I'd no never even no, I had had never heard heur- heard of the uh, that Atari handheld.
1: Oh, it was. O- awful. What was that again? It had what was nothing. It? The, What'd the you Atari. Tell- Lynx, I believe it was called. Lynx. L-Y-N-X? Colors, uh, yeah, I think so. Interesting. It ha- I don't have one, but it had a colored a colored backlit screen instead of the Sega Game Gear. Like Nintendo was so behind on all that stuff, but mm. the Game Boy had Tetris, so what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. Right. But just to touch on one other point with the PS5, so the presentation had two major points that Cerny emphasized. One was was the SSD, and the other was their 3D audio initiative. Yeah. And um, what do they call it? Their Tempest engine? So it seems yeah. like uh, audio is a big focus for uh, the, the engineers of the PS5 this time around, which is really interesting. I don't think we've ever had audio be front and center for a console design.
1: And, and uh, they also made a claim that I... I mean I'll believe it when I see it I guess it sounds like bogus now but I've eaten my words before but uh-huh. um they they claim to have a virtual surround sound I think they called it yes or like you were just using it's your TV
0: Sounds like, like, you like you magic it.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean it sounds what it sounds like to me is just the the uh, <laughs> The next step of, like, the Lost Woods thing that the N64 did, you know? Like, you could tell whether it was coming from left or right vaguely. But, like, they're saying that they can make it sound like it's coming from behind you now. That's insane.
0: Yeah, and I think... I'm sorry, I'm a little ignorant to this. But they were talking about how, like, the audio, various audio profiles for this virtual surround sound are based off the like actual anatomy of your head and your ear. So yeah, like, he, joked he about said getting that he ear himself had his own custom uh, like audio profile based off how his ear is shaped. And yeah. the ideal virtual surround sound uh, audio setup will differ from person to person based off of your ear shape, which is insane. And uh, he said I, something like, in the future, to optimize the audio per person... They might accept like photos of people's ears so they can engineer specific to that. And he said when PS5 launches, they'll have like 10 presets or something to that effect. And you can select the one you closest like most closely aligned to. But he said in the future, as they continue this technology, they'll have more methods to more accurately find your correct profile for audio.
1: Yeah, I I don't know enough about sound to really even have an educated discussion about this, but it just sounds
0: yeah, me either. wild. I think it's uh, I think it's something new and exciting. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think they're I think talking cool. about,
1: like, yeah, I think there's something there, clearly.
0: I think it's either. cool that they're doing yeah. something different from just having, you know, like, PS4 was essentially just, you know, hey, here's like a super beefy PS3. Uh, I can't really think of anything, you know, aside from PSVR, which came later. Uh, yeah, I can't I think, think of any innovations uh, like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm glad they're still focusing on VR as well, because I think that's a, a glaring omission on Microsoft's side.
0: Yeah, like, I think
1: Because called- if you like VR, PlayStation is still the one you gotta go with. You know? If yeah, you want a console that has VR support, you're buying a PlayStation.
0: You're so Microsoft, kidding. at least Phil Spencer, has been pretty vocal about saying that currently they do not believe in VR.
1: And that sucks to come from Microsoft, who built the headset that i have and really like you know
0: That's yeah weird. yeah it's still i think i still think vr is kind of a coin toss at this point like i really wanted to succeed and i think it can succeed but
1: i'm I also i think it's going to succeed i just yeah. don't know if it's going to succeed in the console market
0: yeah i mean truthfully i would have hoped i would have hoped at this point it would have been bigger when i first you know when vr first came onto the market but you know it is growing, and it is growing modestly, I will say.
1: Yeah, I think we're about where I thought we would be right now, if I'm being honest. I, yeah. Uh,
0: Maybe my expectations were too bullish. The
1: people I know that want a VR headset have one, pretty much. And yeah, that's but pretty much what I, I don't have any friends who are like holding off right now, you know? Right. The, I think the Oculus the- Quest was the real like. The real like final nail in the coffin for a lot of people who are like waiting for VR to get here, you know, because it's right. affordable. And, you know, I, but I, I still have friends don't who like, think... are, you know, like it's not my friends that have super well-paying jobs and stuff that have VR anymore. It's my friends that are super into video games, you know, they can all yeah. afford it if they, you know, if they really want it.
0: <laughs> I still think we're, we're still like a couple steps away from breaching that mainstream dam, you know, like, Breaching that dam and like having everyone like come in and like, you know, your mom or dad has a VR set for whatever reason. Like, yeah, I don't still, know what innovation that will take to get that to happen, but, or if the that setup can even needs happen.
1: to be easier. I think like the Oculus Quest, I couldn't hand to my stepmom. I don't think she yeah. could set it up, you know? It would be, I mean, she probably could, but she would say that she couldn't, you know? Like, it, the instructions and come up and she'd get intimidated.
0: Right. Right
1: or my mom, or, you know, any most of my family. My dad, I would have said my dad, but he works in tech, you know, so he's an mm-hmm. exception. But, yeah. Know, I just...
2: Yeah, you know. no, VR's not as accessible as people want it to be yet. And There's I
0: definitely that, like, agree with that. You know, like, I think it's a real pain to set up my PSVR.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't, I mean, I, I've moved in, and that's the only thing I haven't set up in my new apartment yet, is my VR headset. Yeah. And I, I even have a space cleared out for it. I just don't have it plugged in yet. Although part of that is because my PC only has one HDMI out, which is annoying.
0: So what do you guys think the odds are of Half-Life Alex being so good that it it's like a VR seller? You know, Zero. like pe- people people overcome the barrier to entry just to play Half-Life Alex.
1: There's no way. <laughs> There's absolutely no way.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you, but some people do think that might happen. Considering, you know, it's Half-Life and Valve.
1: If that were true, I think Boneworks would have done it. I think that um, the new uh, The Walking Dead game, Saints and Sinners, I think that would have done it. Like, Half-Life Alex is a little late to the party for being the first real, like, AAA experience in VR.
0: But it's also the first, after, it's the first Half-Life game after, what, like, two decades? And oh, they waited well, long enough for anybody for other
1: than the absolute diehard fans to lose interest. You know, yeah. like, if this had come out in 2013, I would have bought it just because of the meme. But <laughs> right. like, I don't care anymore. You know, I was never a diehard Half-Life fan. I cared because it was like the thing everybody cared about. When's Half-Life 3 going to get here? But yeah, they've missed me on that hype train. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to get Half-Life Alex, and I don't have any hardware reason not to. I just don't care.
0: Yeah, it's it's really kind of shocking to me. Like it it felt like a no-brainer. Like we we'll just make Half-Life 3, sell millions and millions of copies, make money. Like I don't really understand why they didn't do
1: it. Yeah. I I mean, I think it has something to do with their confidence in the game and how many people it can reach. Um, but what what I really think it is is uh, the writers aren't around anymore, I don't think. The original Half-Life writers.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, Half-Life's like one of those it's, it's one of those blind spots I have. I've never played Half-Life, but I, I hear about how great it is all the time.
1: Yeah, I've played Half-Life 1 and 2, and neither of them held on to me enough to finish them. I think it's one of those things, like, they were absolute masterpieces at the time, but now other games have taken what they did and done it better.
0: And I hear they, they were third-person shooters? Uh,
1: yeah, I first think. Person. First person? They're first person, yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, I I I I hear that they they pioneered that genre a bit, you know, like similar to Halo. Like FPS's especially like narrative FPS's are the way they are because of Half-Life. At least that's yeah. what I hear.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. But I I don't, you know, I I agree that, you know, it broke new ground and everything, but it it isn't in a position where I'm comfortable saying that it did it best. Like I'd rather play Halo than Half-Life 2 right now
0: yeah and speaking of halo i i really just want both microsoft and sony to just it it, i just think back to the ps4 and xbox one reveals and i remember just having so much more fun at that time i don't know if it was because i was younger or whatever but i do think that they're both companies this time have changed up their strategy so much like Gone is the ceremony of the reveal events and stuff like that, at least so far. We haven't gotten anything like that so far. We've just had, like, info dumps on random days and no, uh, no real game footage or anything yet. I'm just – I don't know. I'm holding on for that announcement, and I'm starting to think maybe we won't get one this time, which would really suck. But, yeah. I feel yeah, like I- they need to do something like that to generate
2: hype for next gen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not even that hyped for next gen. Like,
1: I was briefly. Like, I, I, think I'm hyped for next gen because I want ray tracing to be common at this point. And I know that's funny coming from me because not, you know, not even three episodes ago, I was talking about how ray tracing isn't that big of a deal. But I did a little more research, and it, it's kind of an awesome thing. So yeah. I take it all back. But um, I, I don't know. I, I'm no longer even certain. Like after hearing everything they said today on the playstation thing they've they've almost talked me out of buying an xbox this this was so boring (laughs) like i because i really think they're they're saying that amd like the graphics cards are going to be on the market that are you know and if i can buy a 12 teraflop graphics card and a nice few hundred bucks if i can if a 12 teraflop graphics card and a, a terabyte ssd that runs you know at a comparable speed if i can get that for the same price as a new console, I'm going to buy that instead because I like my PC more. Like, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: It, it doesn't make sense for me. To, you know, I'd rather upgrade my PC than buy a new console, honestly.
2: That's like the stance that I'm in. Why buy a console now when I could just get most of the Xbox games on a PC?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the, the my stance before was that like I was sitting here thinking, oh, these, you know, there's not – I'm not going to be able to buy a graphics card that at that power level for less than the price of the entire console. But now, you know, the way Mark Cerny was talking, I don't think that's going to be true by the time these consoles are out. I think that the cards are going to get a lot cheaper around when the consoles come out. And the consoles, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be lagging behind like they usually mm-hmm. are, but they're not going to be way ahead like I thought they were.
0: there will still be high-end machines, I think.
1: Yeah, I think they're not going to be mid tier, which is what they have been in the past. Yeah,
0: exactly. But,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, I'd rather buy a hot. You know, you can't upgrade a PS5. You'd have to buy a whole new PS5. Whereas, you know, I buy that card for my PC, and in a couple of years, if I want an upgrade, I can buy another card. You know.
0: So and yeah, yeah speaking Even of so like. My old one. Speaking of like pricing and stuff for these video cards, after viewing this presentation. Any updated
2: thoughts on what this thing is going to cost, PS5?
1: Uh, I think it'll be 400 bucks, probably.
2: Yeah, they'll sell this at a loss because it's the console kind of ammo at this point. Right, so they it came out that these things cost roughly
0: $450 to make. So $400 definitely would be selling at a loss. I think what they're going to do is I think they're still waiting for Microsoft to announce pricing. Like, if yep. Microsoft comes out and says Xbox Series X is 600 bucks, then they'll be like, okay, PS5 is 500 bucks.
1: Yeah, they're going to try to... If Microsoft,
0: Microsoft comes out yeah. and says, you know, Xbox Series X is $500, PS5 uh, 5 is going to be 400 Now, the interesting scenario is like, what happens if Microsoft really goes aggressive and says Xbox Series X is $400? I don't see that ever happening, but in a hypothetical scenario, that really puts S- Sony in a bind, I think.
1: Uh, it would, but you know what? I... I don't know if I'd be that surprised. You've The past few weeks, I've seen some ridiculous sales on Xbox One X.
0: Wait, what? Just, sales on Xbox One X?
1: Yeah, oh, just yesterday. Oh, sorry. I was
0: thinking Series X. I was like, what are you talking
1: about? No, the One X. Yeah, last yeah. night, I saw an ad on Twitter, and I, I saw it was actually from Microsoft. It was, it was the Microsoft store online. You could buy an Xbox One X for $199.
0: That's obscene.
1: Yeah, that was over half off. Like... They're yeah, moving, yeah, they're moving these things. Like they're aggressive right now. I think the Series X is going to be priced incredibly competitively. Oh yeah, it's going to be. over. Yeah. both of those are going to. But public. here's the
0: thing: like really I low. think five hundred dollars is incredibly competitive for what's in that thing.
1: I think the Series X will be five hundred or uh, four hundred dollars. Really, I, I think both consoles four hundred dollars is about what they're going to target. Yeah, because five hundred dollars, I don't think people would buy it. Uh, I mean, his, his
0: history has shown that $400 is the sweet spot. People yep. really bite at that price point.
1: And I think if you and I can see that, surely they can, you know?
0: Right. But, you know, they have a, a lot more things to think about than what we're considering.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, Xbox's MO right now, they don't need to make money on their console because everybody who buys a Series X, I feel like, is going to buy yeah. Game Pass.
0: Their and MO so, right now is to get their mind share back. Yeah.
1: They yeah. want they yeah. want people to have an Xbox and they want people to have Game Pass. And really yeah. they don't need it to be both. They they want people to have Game Pass. Game Pass is their entire MO right now, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's a
1: ama- and yeah. it's so good for everyone involved as far as I can tell. Like everything I've read developers are happy to be a part of Game Pass. It's it's just a super beneficial thing for everybody. And I'm super here for it.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I can't help but think long term how this is sustainable, but obviously there's lots of numbers and things behind the scenes that we are not privy to.
1: I mean I, I can the only the only real evidence I have is The Outer Wilds, a game I got interested in enough that I actually had to look up all the developers and read pretty much every interview they've done and everything. And they've said that Game Pass allowed their game to exist because mm-hmm. they're not they're not certain they could have <laughs> sold it if it wasn't in Game Pass because like
0: people I definitely want to think-
1: wanna- buy that sort of game but if they have it in game pass they'll play it
0: i definitely think it's beneficial for indies but like for microsoft's first party AAA games i don't see how the money works out you know what i mean like yeah, these yeah. studios that require hundreds of employees having to pay them the budget for like these super expensive AAA games and then yeah, day one like, is free on game pass you know
1: i was never gonna buy like i wasn't gonna buy halo but i do pay for game pass you know like yeah The Game Pass, like, and they've got me, like, there have been months at a time where I've paid for Game Pass and not played a game. Right. You know, so they're getting that long tail. And, like, the odds of me ever canceling Game Pass, even in a drought, are super low. So, like, I think they're counting on that money that comes in even when they're not releasing games. It's probably a better system for them because they don't have that. um, I don't know if you guys have read the Game Dev Business Handbook, but it's very much about... Rationing your money over these long periods of time oh, because you get of all of your money at once. And Xbox is allowing developers to maybe move away from that because if you're getting money from Game Pass, that's consistent income. That's not this. Uh, that's not this. You know, uh, dra- you know, feast or famine that they're used to. And it changes. Mm-hmm. It changes a lot. You know, they're not afraid. They're maybe a little less afraid to release a stinker because you know, they can make that game and learn from it without necessarily taking a gigantic financial hit from it.
0: Yeah, that's true. It definitely mitigates risk.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's not as much risk anymore with... Because at least Game Pass, you know they're getting paid. And same thing taking exclusivity agreements, say, with Epic.
1: Right. And a lot, you know, there's a ton of overlap between... um,
2: I just want clarification though. Are we sure that
0: Game Pass money goes to devs cuz I thought yes. that went to Microsoft.
1: I mean they're definitely Microsoft is definitely the developers I mean, are getting that money at some point. Well, Microsoft's definitely know. like
0: paying them to put their game on Game Pass, I believe.
2: Right. Yeah,
1: I I don't believe anyone's allowed to talk about it. I'm pretty sure it's all buried under ETA. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the way that, that the um the way that the Outer Wilds devs talked about it, they talked like it was extremely beneficial for them. Hmm. And I I assume it's got to be fairly beneficial. I mean, the fact that Final Fantasy 15 is on there, you know, it, it's probably about as beneficial as Steam sales, you know. Yeah. Because I I think of that because Square Enix always goes all in on Steam sales. You know, their games are 20 bucks a year after release on Steam. Yeah. If even a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I'm just looking forward to the big reveals with the games i think i just want to see games at this point i'm sick of hearing about specs honestly yeah no i just I think, want to see games i think what sony did here was a mistake honestly i think they should have just put this video out without announcing it on any tweet or anything I uh, agree. they should have just put it out and then no one would have gotten hyped for it and it now there's a sense a, of I immense mean, it disappointment talk.
1: it should have they should have i mean it,
0: it, it straight up yeah. was a GDC, gdc's talk but you know gdc got canceled
1: had they told us that yesterday, this hype would not have happened. Like, yeah. if they had said this is a GDC talk that we're going to release anyway, Yeah, they would have mitigated all of this, you know? If they'd have just said that.
0: Yeah. So, like, I, I am torn a little bit because, like, the geek and the nerd in me, I, I, I hear these talks and I'm like, okay, this is kind of neat and everything, but yeah. at this point, the gamer in me is so hungry for next-gen games that I'm just, like, Ultimately, I really don't care about this, and I want to see what games are cooking. Ultimately, we, that's the most important thing.
1: Can we talk about that for a minute? Because we're in a weird drought right now. Like, not, not we specifically. Are... Like, we have, we have Doom and we have Animal Crossing coming this weekend, and that's huge.
0: That's oh, amazing. I'm excited. I mean, 2020 as a whole is pretty huge, but yeah, you're right. So far, the year's been kind of dry.
1: Like, Nintendo specifically, I'm sure you guys have... Uh, you know, somewhere, you heard, we're in a, the longest drought ever of Nintendo Directs.
0: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. The only yeah. thing we know soon.
1: is coming is uh, maybe you know, Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4. That's I all saw we that know rumor, about.
0: Yeah. No, I like, saw a rumor we, that there's going to be a Direct soon with those two titles.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's all it is. It's a rumor, and I'm pretty sure it's just based on a 4chan post, you know? We don't have any... <laughs> like they had their they had like a Nintendo Indie Direct thing like yesterday I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that was good, but like uh, what is Nintendo doing? Like I we have did no see idea.
0: a news article that said that uh Sakurai had planned to announce the next fighter for the Fighters Pass 2 at this point but obviously due to coronavirus uh that was delayed and development has been delayed on the Fighters Pass. So I imagine that's impacting all of this too.
1: Yeah, and they probably haven't said that it is because they hadn't announced a direct anyway. And that's yeah. just kind of how Nintendo works. They don't say anything. But Right.
0: Very traditional Japanese it's company. It's
1: still very strange like Nintendo doesn't like to announce a game less than 6 months before it comes out, and that's even optimistic. You know, there are a few exceptions like Mario Maker 2 mm-hmm. in there. But like that means that after Animal Crossing comes out, Like, what's Nintendo doing for the entire rest of the year?
0: There's got to be at least one thing coming in the fall. There has to be. You know, there is every year. So it's just a matter of we don't don't know what it is yet.
1: And that's that's just wild to me. I'm not somebody who, like, needs to hype about things, I don't think. I mean, I like to. I like to get into the hype sometimes. But But sometimes it
0: burns you like this today.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that sucked. I mean, I wasn't even, like, crazy hyped for this today, and it burned me. Like, I was just... See, I, I, I had so- forgotten about it until you mentioned it this morning, yeah. and I still was annoyed by how boring this thing was.
0: I somehow psyched myself up into thinking like we were going to see the console, we might see a game or two. no, like definitely not.
1: Yeah, it, it was a very boring presentation, and it i I think it probably hurt hurt the brand a little
0: bit. I- I think short-term, yes, I agree. I think long-term, it's not going to matter. I think when we finally get those game announcements and reveals, I think everything will be to water under the bridge. But until that point, we're going to be sitting here wondering if that's even going to freaking happen this time.
1: I really do think that it's it's Sony's MO to not have a good game for the first two years. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it just is, you know? I mean, we had yeah. Bloodborne, right, on PS4? Other than that, like, Gathering I mean, Dust...
0: I know it I mean, keep saying it. I know I keep saying it, but the Blue Point game I think will be a solid game. Like I think it'll be a very are, good game. Especially if it's, it's Demon next Souls. Gen exclusive? Blue Point's next game is next gen exclusive for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Yes, we shall see.
1: But if it's if it's a Demon's Souls remake, it's not gonna be. Like <laughs> that's not a system seller. It is to me. Okay. But to <laughs> most people i don't think
0: so yeah Yeah. no
1: you're you're right yeah
0: i think but the thing is like we know of a lot of sony first party game or first party studios that are silent right now that should have something coming soon like i think uh guerrilla games is due for something a lot of people are thinking horizon 2 may be a launch title you know we we're the spider-man 2 is imminent that's happening spider-man 2 would
1: be huge as a launch title that's, I
0: that, and I think that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. And, of course, the big bombshell, God of War 2, uh, that's still a ways out, I imagine, but that's, yeah, that's coming as well. Yeah. So we know there are huge, huge games coming. It's just a question of, like, will one of these make the launch?
1: Yeah, and I don't think... I think Spider-Man 2 is your best bet to make launch. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think Insomniac could probably crank one out pretty quickly.
1: And I, and I also think... um. Spider-Man stands to benefit a lot, I think. Like, there's a lot of speed From next-gen tech? Yeah.
0: Yeah, from this SSD tech. SSD, yes. There's a reason they
1: keep talking about Spider-Man when they talk about the SSD tech, and I think that's like, you know, they talk about having to have 400 mailboxes or whatever and like not being able to design is interesting. I think they could have a more interesting city in a smaller smaller size with Spider-Man, but um, I'm not going to say anything for certain, but I think... Spider-Man 2 would be a game that has a lot of potential to show off the tech in interesting yeah, ways.
0: I agree, for sure.
1: I don't know. It's, it's just a lot up in the air.
0: Yeah. I, I was I was hungry. I expected to be fed, but then I wasn't, and I'm still hungry, and now I just feel kind of gross.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that.
0: But anyways, on a more positive note, let's just talk about what we've been playing...
1: I think you should start us off with your Final Fantasy XV update.
0: That is very true. Um, So for Final Fantasy XV, I... So, like, last time I told you that I was really enjoying it, I was doing lots of side quests and such. I'm starting to get burned out on the side quests, because that's literally all I was doing, so I decided to progress the main plot a bit. So after, like, you know, what seemed like hours of just fishing and camping and doing absolutely nothing, I finally started to... Uh, put the gas on the main story, and I've reached the first, I think, major town, um, which is really – it's really quaint. I like it a lot.
1: The big generator town?
0: It was like – I'm not really sure if it's
1: – Listalia, I think?
0: Maybe. Lystallum, I think. Well, yes, yeah. yes, Mike, Mike, that's right. Yeah,
1: that's that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I love just like you know exploring the little street corners and alleys and stuff and uh yeah i'm kind of just uh i want to do the main story for a good chunk next because yes i've 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 kind of had my fill of running around doing side quests for people but yeah, that's you're
1: probably super over leveled for the story right now as well
0: probably actually yes i am yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah. way over leveled which is not ideal because i think the combat is good when it's uh when it presents a challenge um yeah. and I don't want to steamroll through it for sure so that's my quick final fantasy update I would have more but then I got completely enthralled with a new game a new PlayStation 4 exclusive that came out recently Neo 2 Oh that's out Yes
1: I didn't know So that.
0: I've been playing so much Neo 2 and it is so difficult and so good
1: Remind um, me, Neo was one of your highest uh, it was one of your top 5 most difficult
0: Yeah and I said I'd put it at number 1 honestly last time. Yeah. Um
1: Was it the one that you said you could beat in like a tight hour and a half?
0: No, that was Sekiro.
1: Okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. So.
0: so Neo 2 is just it it iterates on Neo in all the right ways. It has all the, you know, complex combat mechanics, three stances, high, mid, low stances from the previous game but it adds more weapon archetypes and it adds more combat options as well. So now you have like access to a demon mode or whatever and you select your demon spirit at the at the start when you create your character. And the cool thing about this demon mode is that is that you have selective abilities that you can use that drain your like demon gauge. So now you have like a health gauge, a stamina gauge and a demon gauge. And, like, certain enemy attacks, you know, like, certain attacks you can parry, certain attacks you can dodge, but now certain attacks that are unblockable, you can parry with your demon parry. So, like, it it adds another layer of, like, okay, I'm going to dodge this attack. Okay, this enemy flashed red right before this attack. That means I can, if I time it right, I can demon parry this attack. And it just adds another thing to consider in the combat. And just... It's so incredible. It's so difficult. I was actually playing this uh, Neo Two before we recorded today, and I'm stuck in this, you know, the the trademark poison area for any Souls like game, and Ugh. I'm just like pulling my hair out. Uh,
1: but I hate I, that trope.
0: <laughs> it's a trope that needs to go away, or at least be you know innovated on, because yeah, literally be every Souls like game banana. has that uh, without fail. But but no, I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. The bosses are terrifying and uh, anger-inducing, and I've screamed at my TV way more than I should have at this point, uh, but I love it so much. I, lo- I love the struggle of these Souls-like games and just besting them through experience and the game teaching you how to play it right.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, There's, I don't have anything to say. It's a Souls game, essentially, you know?
0: yeah the only thing i wish they would have done for neo2 like i said for neo1 it was like mission based sort of like demon souls right you select your level and then you play through that and yes the level has some good level design but it doesn't have the insane interconnected world of like say dark souls or bloodborne and i was hoping neo2 would improve that but it didn't it's just it's essentially the same level format as neo1 which which is a shame but I guess you know they're not trying to go for that interconnected world like Dark Souls is. So yeah, those those are still a couple areas I think Dark Souls has over Neo and Neo Two. Like Dark Souls has the intense lore and story. Neo Two's story is largely forgettable. I think I, I don't really think it matters at all. The core experience is in the combat and the gameplay and the enemies of the bosses.
1: See, so, you know, that just shows you like that you and I played those games for different reasons because the I don't. Like I don't play Dark Souls for the difficult combat. That's just something I have to get through to get to this juicy story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't want to say that um I don't care about the story. I definitely do. I love the lore and the Souls games, but definitely I think that's number two to my enjoyment of the combat.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I I enjoy the gameplay. Yeah, as well. You know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a complete package. I, yeah. I phrased that weird. I'm not saying it's. A chore to play through. I'm saying that like I see it like the story is my reward for beating these challenges. That's, yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing Neo2. Um I guess briefly I I just want to give a shout out to one other game I played this week. Uh after much persuasion and just hounding, I was forced to play Sonic Forces. Oh. oh. And uh it was one of the free games on PlayStation Plus this month, so I grabbed it. Yeah. But I played, like, ten minutes of it, and I completely uninstalled it afterwards, and I never want to touch it again. Yeah, it's not very good. It was absolutely disgusting in the worst of ways. I like, like it was watching it. So, each level was, like, a minute or two long, and, like, yeah. the dialogue was just the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: And Yeah, I, I kind of enjoy watching people play it, like... And just absolutely roasting it, but I would never want to play it myself.
0: See, like, at a certain point, like, I'm like, if it's so bad, it's fun. Yeah, it be, doesn't even hey, that. But this was that. so yeah. bad, it
1: was just awful. Like, Sonic Adventure hits, like, like me and my buddies were able to drink a little and play as big in Sonic Adventure 2 and just, or not Sonic Adventure 2, and Sonic Adventure, and just, like, roast the game all night and, like, be laughing and having an okay time. But Sonic Forces doesn't even give you that satisfaction. It like, was it's just, just
0: so. It was offensively bad. And that's all I have to say. I'm never touching <laughs> that
2: game again, ever. Never touching it again. Nope. <clears throat> no more Sonic Forces.
1: Let it be known. Mike, you want to go next?
2: Uh, so <clears throat> I've been playing Planet Zoo.
1: Oh, I like, heard that's very good.
2: I, oh yeah, I grew up with like the Zoo Tycoon games. So Planet Zoo is just everything I've ever wanted. Plus it has Planet Coaster's build system, so I could literally build anything. It's great. So it's it's, also it's kind of like
0: difficult. zoo it's just zoo tycoon on steroids?
2: Yeah. It brings everything nice. that Planet Coaster brought to the table. Plus you have to worry about your animals not liking people, them being fed properly, everything looking nice. You can't have staff buildings out in the middle of middle of places or guests will get angry at you. It's ridiculous. But I'm really enjoying it. Oh, God. Frontier just does good job. <laughs> Did it just come out or something, or has it been out? Uh, it's been out for not quite a year yet. Let me yeah, check. I'm in a
1: weird point with these planet games, because I'm, like, super glad they exist, because those are genres that, like, I feel like haven't been touched in a long time. But I don't have the nostalgia other people have for those games, so I haven't actually played any of them. I'm just kind of passively glad they exist.
0: This is interesting, because I've never heard of these planet games before. I didn't... I didn't you know, know this was a, a thing. thing.
1: Yeah, it's planet, you know, Planet Coasters, Roller Coaster Tycoon, and Planet Zoo is Zoo Tycoon, pretty much. And so it's were they a were they
2: like competitors to the, the Tycoon games? No, Frontier Developments did the original uh, Roller Coaster Tycoons. Oh, okay.
1: So yeah, it's just a modernization. You know, yeah. They don't they don't own Let's the see. brand or the they don't have the license to make those games, but obviously yeah. like you know they can make uh, the game under another name, and they've, yeah. they've managed to generate kind of enough buzz that like people know
2: that these are good games they their dlc policy is a little weird but they're good games
1: zoo tycoon's expansion pack policy was a little weird wasn't it you know that was
2: oh yeah they just released an expansion well zoo tycoon's expansions were kind of like big deals honestly yeah like it always felt good for a zoo tycoon expansion to launch
1: yeah but there were a ton of them weren't there
2: oh yeah uh there were seven yeah i don't know so... if i could name them off the top of my head anymore <laughs> Maybe, probably, actually,
1: not a real fan.
2: Uh, no, I think I can
1: honestly do it. Do it right now.
2: Uh, there's African adventure, extinct animals, marine mania, or the marine one. I don't remember its name exactly. Uh, endangered species. We're forgetting one. No, I'm not. It's forgetting three. Am I, am I? I don't think I am. I might Did have exaggerated. You say there were seven. Hold on. I'm literally looking this up because I'll be disappointed in myself because this is the second one. The first one had Dino Danger and uh, Marine Mania. So these zoos aren't actual zoos,
0: right? So Because like, you can have dinosaurs and mammoths and stuff.
2: I did name
1: them all. I did it.
2: I can't believe I still remember all those expansion packs. That's actually kind of embarrassing.
1: <laughs> nah, no, I think you're just super into the series.
2: All
0: right, Connor, what have you been playing? Uh,
1: it's... I don't even know if I want to call it what I've been playing as much as what I played, because it was mm-hmm. only like an hour, and I beat it. Um, but a short hike was free on the Epic Games Store this week, and I—I I don't know. It's all—it's all the time I play these tiny games, and I like feel moved at the end of them. Like I, I'm usually like super excited to talk about them. A short hike was good, and I'm glad I got it, and it was free and all. And I like enjoyed this little world that they'd made, and it almost scratched my Animal Crossing itch a bit because there's these like neat little animal characters that you talk to along the way. You play as this little bird, but I I don't know if I'd have bought it. Is the thing? Yeah. It, and it, it was just a,
0: it was just an hour long.
1: Yeah, I mean when they say a short hike, they're not kidding. I didn't hundred percent right. it or anything. I didn't really feel compelled <laughs> to. Uh, I think the end. There was supposed to be, like, some big emotional impact, kind of. You, you're, like, climbing this mountain, and you get to the top, and uh, there's, like, a weird reveal at the end. I don't know. It didn't hit for me. Like, the, the, I enjoyed the hiking part. Like, the the exploration and the flying was super fun. But the actual ending and, like, I think the, fly back, the flight back down the mountain was supposed to have this, like, kind of euphoric sense to it. And I think they kind of missed me with that. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the game overall. I just kind of, I've played a couple of other really small games recently, I guess, that like really did something for me. And so I was, uh, which which is like the worst thing to go into a small game with, right? Like going with these huge expectations. But yeah. I did a little bit. So it soiled the experience for me just a little. But I would still recommend the game. I mean, it's still free on Epic Games Store right now. If you guys have an hour free, I would recommend you play it. It was fun. Or at least add it to your library and play it later.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm afraid it will not still be free by the time this episode comes out, so I hope our dear listeners have been keeping up with the free games on Epic Games Store. Uh, That's really all I have to say about it. It was a neat little adventure. uh, Super tight. I I wasn't looking at the clock, but I think it was less than an hour to beat it. Uh, Definitely longer if you 100% it. There were a lot of little things that I didn't do. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Okay. I think next week, for the first time, we'll all be playing the same games.
1: Yeah. It'll uh, which be is pretty exciting. Crossing, yeah. I mean, yeah, next week is probably just going to be... Animal
2: probably, Crossing, the, yeah. the podcast. Talk about,
1: yeah, talk about our talents <laughs> for a bit.
0: So, how, yeah. I'm excited, too, because I've kind of bought into the hype of Animal Crossing now. Like, Like has been documented many times on the show, you two are huge Animal Crossing fans. I'm still kind of new to the series. But I will be pre-ordering this one and playing it on Switch day one. And I'm excited to to dive in and uh, experience it. Yeah, like, I it's getting insane reviews on Metacritic.
1: <laughs> Quick question, uh, I, w- I would like to get out there before the game comes out. Uh, we'll have had about five days on our islands when we record next. Uh, are you guys going to be time traveling?
0: No. No. What does that mean?
1: So, in Animal Crossing, there's only so much you can do in a day usually. Uh, New Horizons, I think, has done some stuff mit- to mitigate that, but also done a few things that make it a little more serious. In that, like your island just doesn't have that much for the first few days. Uh, oh, But you okay. change the system clock on your ah, uh, switch, okay. and it's it's called time traveling by the community. It's kind of frowned upon by Nintendo, but they don't actually stop you from doing it. And uh, from what well, I saw, it- it's more streamlined in New Horizons than it's been in any other entry.
0: Well, I was going to say, so, if I can only do like, you know, 10, 15 minutes worth of content a day before getting into the meat of it, then probably, you yeah. Know?
1: I think it, I don't think it'll be more than 10 or 15 minutes. But um, I'm almost I almost want to tell you, Amit, you shouldn't time travel because I think really. OK, I think you can kind of spoil the game for yourself by time traveling. I mean, like what
0: do Animal Crossing fans normally do? Is like time traveling normal.
1: It's not, I would say that the average Animal Crossing fan does not time travel.
0: Okay, uh, I think I'll just I, do it normally then.
1: I time travel after I've played the game for a bit, and I time travel if I miss a holiday or something, I'll time travel back so that I get to experience that without waiting a full year. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing I will say is that Animal and I want you, because I know you, Ammon, and I need you to not do this. Okay. Animal Crossing is a game you can very easily ruin for yourself by finding a strategy to it like
0: like optimizing it or something
1: yeah you can optimize if you optimize animal crossing literally at all you probably won't have fun anymore interesting like there there are things you can do like there's a thing called the turnip market which is essentially buying stocks (laughs) okay and what you can do is you can buy a bunch of turnips and go online and find someone whose turnip prices are better than yours so you can buy low and then on that same day sell extremely high but if mm. you do that, the game's over. Like you have infinite money suddenly, and that's the kind of thing. Okay. I think yeah. you're cheating yourself if you like time traveling. Not so much if you're conservative with your time travel. Although I, I would kind of say maybe don't do it on your first Animal Crossing game. Because I, I might time travel a little bit. Okay. I, I, I would, yeah, so I, would I think say that'll be, be conservative with it.
0: I think it'll be interesting because we'll have different. Uh, Different methodologies uh, between us, so I won't be time traveling at all. I've decided that now. Okay. And uh, I guess you guys can do it as much or as little as you want.
1: And yeah, I we'll, we'll, we'll have We'll have those two
0: perspectives to talk about.
1: I just, uh, I'm glad I cautioned you about that before you got the game in your hands, because uh, I definitely think you can get carried away. Like I, you can, like I don't know if you'll have a bank at the beginning of New Horizons, but in previous Animal Crossing games, you've been able to like put some money in the bank and then like travel 100 years into the future and then you just have the interest off of that money that you could live on <laughs> like wow okay yeah yeah because animal crossing does have an interest feature you know yeah but so yeah it, was, I, it is a game you can break if you if you bend it you know
0: okay so, yeah that's noted thank you yeah but i was i was just gonna say that I was sort of looking forward to this game, but where my hype really started is when I saw the reviews. The reviews are extremely positive for this game.
1: Have you read any of them?
0: Uh I've I've looked at like the summaries on Metacritic. I haven't like yeah. read a full review.
1: I read a few and they're kind of weird. Like I I think they've earned the high numbers, but a lot of the stuff I read I mean they 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 just didn't have the game long enough to to make that claim. Like, we're still not sure what's in this game exactly. Although, I did hear, yeah. I've heard a rumor that the froggy chair isn't in it, Mike.
2: Oh, no. Uh, I, I can't. Game's bad. Nope. Game's yeah, bad. Can't yeah, play the froggy it. chair
1: doesn't really. The froggy chair is a meme uh, for the uninitiated. It's, like, Game's everybody's garbage. favorite Animal Crossing item. And it's probably.
2: Oh, it's because it makes a farting noise when you sit on it.
1: <laughs> is it really? I <laughs> yeah, didn't know that. It, it, it does so make funny. a farting
2: noise. That's what I remember, basically.
1: Anyway, um,. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I think the crafting and stuff, I think they've simultaneously mitigated... Uh, I don't I don't want to talk about it too much until we have it in our hands, so I'm going to stop okay. myself now. Yeah, well,
0: let's okay. just save it for next week. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Bye, gamers. You can follow us at Ad podcast Game Talk on Twitter. You can join our Discord by clicking the link in the description of this podcast. Please like, rate, and review us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify, and Google Podcasts. All right, thank you for listening. Bye.